Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. This is a podcast about rugby. It's good to have you here. With me is Ben. How are you, Ben? I'm well, and you, Adam? Uh, I'm very good, thanks. Uh, with uh, Ben is Alex. How's it? Hello, Adam. I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Uh, I'm chilled. I understand you were at a baby shower. I thought when men go to those things, it's it's like a braai thing, a baby braai or something. No, okay, they, 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 I mean, so. Yeah, no, they, they had a, like, a help yourself taco bar. Um, and beer on tap, so I feel like I could get away with this one. Yeah. I had like I had like four tacos. It was really good. Oh, nice. Uh, but jealous, actually. I like tacos. Uh, but also a man who likes tacos. It's uh, Matt. How's it, Matt? I, I like how you're making that assumption, but yeah, you did assume correctly. Yeah, everybody, everybody, <laughs> everybody loves tacos, bro. Like I can't believe it. And uh, I, I am Adam. So if you're here, thanks for listening. What we're going to discuss in today's podcast, we're just going to go through some of the news, in particular that New Zealand says we're not cheats. And then we're going to look at South Africa's epic comeback victory over England, France's uh, smashing of the French with the help of the referee, and also Australia beating Ireland. And then we're just going to run through some of the other internationals, and then we'll be making our picks just for next week. So, just to kick it off with a little bit of news. Uh, Matt, I understand that you you had some news that uh, I hadn't mentioned previously. We were just discussing this. Which one not? Um... Yeah, because I lost my place. But what I can tell you is that the Blitzbocker, <laughs> the Blitzbocker are through to the Paris Sevens finals. If they win, with Fiji having been knocked out in the quarterfinals by England, they will take the Sevens title if they win. If they lose and Fiji lose to the USA, uh, the box will also be Sevens champions. Guys, I know Fiji have won more tournaments, but uh, I think this is a show of South Africa's consistency. So uh, I've watched, I watched a bit of the sevens today. I saw our very poor performance against Spain. And then we smashed New Zealand, which I maybe well. I like what you said about sevens, Ben. You like it, but it's cheap thrills. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. But, like, it's so um, – that, that's why the, the Blitzbocker's consistency is so remarkable. Because, like, sevens, obviously, because there's so few players defending and the games are so short that you often get uh, what what we would consider in like normal sports as major upsets. You know, say like S- Scotland beating South Africa would be the equivalent of Japan beating New Zealand in 15s. But because it, it's in sevens, like this happens, you know, it happens very frequently. So, yeah, it is. It's like it's like any of those shortened versions, you know, like 2020 cricket, arena football, whatever, five-a-side yeah. soccer. Like, like it is. Like there are a lot more upsets. It's a lot more exciting, but... I don't know. To to me, there's less there's less to it in a way, if you know what I mean. Yes. Um, and no. Oh, I, I like it though. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a nice way to popularise uh, the game. Uh, Alex, uh, you weren't able to watch the sevens. How did you feel knowing that the Bisbocker were on the way to glory or on their way to glory while in the car or stuck yeah. in, stuck elsewhere? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> it, it was. Um, I had like mixed. I have mixed feelings about it. I've actually been debating a couple of guys on Twitter about this. Because my initial reaction was kind of bittersweet. Like, obviously, I'm very happy for us that we're going through to the finals. And it's amazing because after last weekend, I was like, there's no way any team other than Fiji is winning this thing. And now suddenly there's like a small chance and there's a glimmer of hope. But like, I don't know. I can't shake the feeling that Fiji is the best sevens team in the world. And they deserve to win. Like, it's And obviously, as guys on Twitter have correctly, very correctly pointed out, 
if they deserve to win, then they would win. You know, the system is very clear. You get points depending on how well you do. We haven't cheated. We haven't found a loophole or anything like that. We've been consistent. They've had so they've won five um, tournaments. They won Hamilton, Vancouver, Hong Kong, Singapore, and London. We've only won one this whole season, and that was in Dubai. So that's why, like, when I look at that, I'm like, ah, you know, are we really deserving champions if we go ahead and win this thing? Yes. But, yes, but, the, but the answer weird. is yes. Like, we are, we are deserving champions. Where did we like, put, yeah, because, I mean, we placed at least the ones we didn't win. I mean, we were second or third. Yeah, normally. Yeah. You're always picking up good points. And that's that's yeah. what, uh, because... The tournament's about. No, I know, I know, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, essentially, a, it's essentially a league. I know. I know. I, 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 I just feel, I just feel conflicted. Like I, I can't explain it. Um, no, it's like no, when, well, look, you know, yeah. It's like when you play a game like any other sport and your your opponent, yeah, or like if you if your your opponent makes a lot of errors, and you feel like you played poorly, you just didn't play as poorly as they did, and you can't really enjoy the victory that much. But look, I know it's stupid. I know it's just very it's sentimental nonsense. Um, the reality is that the Blitzbacher have had a very weakened squad this year because they, they lost Sinatla, for example, for a long time to the Stormers. And a lot of the guys coming through are like new names. It's been like there's been a bit of turmoil. And yet, as you guys have pointed out, we've placed first, second or third in every single tournament except for two, which is Las Vegas and Singapore. And on those occasions, we came fourth. So we've been in the top four every single tournament. And you So every, every tournament we made the Cup semifinals? Yeah. Uh, yes. That's impressive, though. It, Come is, on, yes. it, it is. is. It is. It really is. So, like, I don't know. I, I know I'm being very silly, and everything else screams at me that we deserve this chance, and we hold our own destiny in our own hands, and that's great. Like, I'm really happy. I'm, I'm, I'm at least happy that Fiji aren't in the finals, which would make everything else today a dead rubber. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it yeah. adds, adds a bit of spice. Something else that adds a bit of spice is that there have been some changes within the box squad. Kerwin Bosch and Quokka Smith among six players released from the Springbok squad to rejoin their Super Rugby franchises. Uh, Bosch Smith, along with Oxen Chair, Nizam Carr, Travis Ishmael, and Cameron Wright, they've all been released uh, for the squad ahead of the next fixture against England this coming Saturday in Bloemfontein. Uh, while, meanwhile, Trevor Nyakani, who missed the win on Saturday, he's out of the rib, in- rib injury and has been ruled out for the rest of the series. South Africa seems to be making a habit of pitching, picking players who suddenly can't play about that, along after Bismarck and uh, Frontstein weren't able to pitch up, but the guys are not, yeah, fine. I'm fine with that. These oaks, are, I don't think they're going to be missed. I, I have a soft spot for yeah. but the rest of them, not really. Oh, uh, I like, I like Quack, but he's not, he's not that level yet, I hope. I hope uh, he'll mm-hmm. become a great I think the important, the important thing is that they've done, like they've been capped, they had the experience, they're in the fold, and yeah. like they hopefully have been imbued with a bit of anticipation ahead of 2019. Mm. and now they've got a taste of the starting jerseys, and they have to now just focus on building for the next chapter. So I think they've they've played their role. Yeah, uh, someone else who was playing their role was a fan, apparently at the tunnel at Ellis Park, where Eddie Jones decided to tell him that the fan is welcome to take go home and have a bottle of wine with him so they can chat about the game. England coach, and this is from the story via... Let me just have a look at who's at the bottom. It's from, uh, from Staff New Zealand. England coach Eddie Jones... Had a verbal exchange with Springbok fans in the tunnel after his team lost. Jones watched his side lose. According to uh, PA, box supporters leaned over the railings, but the Australian stood his ground for 10 to 15 seconds and engaged before being ushered away by players and staff. 
And mm. uh, so I do feel a little bit sorry for Jones. Uh, I, I kind of feel like he should walk away. I know he copped a lot of abuse from Scotland fans after the Six, after the six Nations as well. So I think it just ratchets us up the pressure for the series. Mm. As long as we don't see another uh, Pitt Van Sale running onto the field, you know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I know... Um... I know Eddie, especially in the Six Nations, he got a lot of media heat for kind of blowing his top a few times. Mm. But then uh, in his his post-match interview, he seemed super chilled, like he was (laughs) almost like stoned or drunk or something, like he was that chilled. I I don't know if you guys watched it, it was quite quite, Uh, uh, long after the broad. But he was was like, he, he basically said like, England played well, but they lost. And he's like, oh. sometimes in these great games, like, he, he basically has similar themes to what a lot of kind of pundits were saying, like, kind of rugby was the winner that day. Mm. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, back, so, like, yo, back to the drawing board, he's happy, he saw some good improvement, blah, blah, blah. Like, he was, he was really, he was really chilled. So, um, I, I would say the exchange with the fan might have actually been quite a, quite a jovial one, because also South African fans are assholes. I know, yeah. I'm a South African yeah, no. and like I, I could, I can imagine the kind of person who would come and taunt Eddie mm-hmm. with some stupid little chirp that maybe rhymed badly, and like I can kind of, I can, I can see what happened, and you know, good on Eddie for sort of engaging, because no offense to that fan, you know, in case they're a listener, but I presume Eddie is more intelligent than they are, and he engaged <laughs> and probably outwitted them, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, just quickly, uh, another quick wrap-up of the news. The French winger who decided to have his head squashed by a couple of the Kiwi players during their game, Remy Grosso, uh, I know we'll get on to the New Zealand game later, he's out the series with a double fracture to his face. So he's going to miss oh. He's going to miss it. Uh, I know over Tunga Fassi, he's very sad about it. He tweeted, Remy, I hope you're recovering well. It was a physical game, and it wasn't my intention to hurt you, he wrote on Twitter. I'm also gutted that I didn't get to see you after the game, and you went well for me. To visit you in hospital this morning before we left, but I hope to hope, what? I hope to catch up soon, brother. And then it's in brackets. So shame. Oh, nice. Or Fasi is uh, feeling a little bit guilty about that. Jenna, uh, yes, um, I was at. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was at Joe's. Um, I was at Joe's parents' place this week. Sorry, my my wife's parents, and they have DSTV and they have French TV. So I was watching the get after the. I was watching a bit on French TV. And then at halftime, they had like a recap of the France-New Zealand game. And all they were showing was that bullshit yellow card and yeah. the, the, the like yeah. the triple head collision thing and how France were robbed. And, you know, if that hadn't happened, the 42-point deficit would have disappeared. And <laughs> yeah. like, oh. oh, Chabelle's hair has gone gray and he looks even scarier in case you're wondering. Oh, what I can only yeah. imagine what a silver mane Chabelle looks Yo, no, like. No, no, he, like a proper silverback. His hair is gray. There's like a proper silverback now. True alpha. France's alpha now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I saw there was almost a couple of articles, on the, especially in the New Zealand media, saying, you know, don't call us cheats and all that. And my, fa- I think, though, my favorite comment about the New Zealanders were they acknowledged the bullshit yellow, and then they say, yeah, but if they'd called that, that Sam Kane, if they'd given Sam Kane a yellow, two wrongs don't make a right. Okay. I think Sam Kane's one, I would say, was worse than... I, I don't think... The issue wasn't... I think the issue was the ref didn't go to the TMO. Yeah. No, I think he did. 
No, no, for the first yellow, he didn't. Oh, he just for the first saw yellow, he didn't. Yeah, he just saw it. Yeah. Lewis just got, it, got in the pocket, stuck him. So, yeah, it was a bit... Then he went upstairs for Sam Kane's tackle. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, we talk about this when we chat about the New Zealand yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, let, let, let's actually get into the uh, the stake of, of today's pod, South Africa versus England. South Africa came away 42-39 winners after being 24-3 down. After how many minutes? I think 16? I was, uh, I was unfortunately, mm. due to various reasons, 20, yeah. yeah, for various reasons, I was only able to follow the phone intermittently, and I saw on my phone 324. I felt a little bit better about missing the game, and then at halftime, when the box of 27-24 up, I was suffering extreme FOMO, but the box managed to mm. turn it around. Uh, guys, just a quick take from all of yourselves just about the game. I'll start with you, Alex. Just a, a quick overall thought just about the game itself. Yeah, like I think the the important thing which you kind of just touched on isn't really the final score. It's the difference between that 20-minute score and the final score and the fact that the team was able to turn it around. I think that's the most important takeaway because even if we'd done that and we'd still, let's say, England had managed to score in the last minute to win, I would still feel very positive about where Bok Rugby was. So yeah. I think that's that's a really good sign that they were able to recover from such an early fuck-up and come back to, to do well. Yeah. Uh, ben, your thoughts? Yeah, um, obviously there are there are still um, weaknesses, like because we conceded 39 points or whatever it was. Mm. Um, but in a, in a way, having weaknesses isn't the worst thing because it's at least there's something to work on. Because the last thing you want to do is say that game went exactly to plan and we lost. Yeah. Because because then as a coaching team, I think you are very you 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 feel very powerless. So I think yeah, it's it's obviously it would be perfect if we just hit the ground running and just cane them completely. But I do think I do think Rassi will do some good work, kind of iron out those weaknesses, and hopefully we'll see uh we'll see a better defensive performance at least. I think on a, on attack, jeepers, no complaints. Eh? Right, uh, yeah. And uh, Matt, uh, just your view, your quick one, quick view. Yeah, no, I think the first 15 minutes, I was sick to my stomach. This, I mean, the tries they they scored. The tries they scored were so soft. Those first three were so soft. I mean, our wings were just complete. I, yeah, it's the immaturity of the wings, but I think the whole side just showed guts. Just showed guts by mm. turning up for the next 20 minutes and just taking that lead going into halftime. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think just my quick point is I'm just going to uh, take a quote from uh, Gavin Rich, who when he wrote a piece that came out, so tactical adjustment save box. New Springbok coach Rassi Rasmus credited his team for making a tactical adjustment that saved them from what could have been a disastrous first night at the office in South Africa. And look, this is Gavin Rich stating, and um, <laughs> I think he does have his ass uh, a bit, uh, his head up a bit. Rassi's ass. One of Rasmus's biggest strengths, where's the edge of many of his predecessors, is that he's a master tactician. Uh, we know he's very good, but uh, geez, Gavin, you know, give it a rest. But uh, ultimately, Rassi said, and I quote, "We thought they were going to kick. They had selected two fly halves, so we expected them to kick the ball." And I think this, this is just on your point, Matt. Instead, they ran it, and I got it tactically wrong, and that surprised the team. So I, think I agree with all your points. I just like the fact that he's just being a bit more earnest and straight up and direct compared to Alistair Kutsia, who always came out the most bullshitty excuses. But we lost. Like, oh, the boys played well. But the boys played well X. The boys played well Y. So I, I just like the fact that he's communicating a bit more directly. Um, I, I'll just be a bit of a downer. My only, one of my major concerns is just Hundred Pollard's kicking. I think if he kicked a bit better... I know there was. I think I saw you. You tweet. You posted in the group, Matt, or it might have been you, Ben, or Alex, or like one of you. Someone just said that. Jeez, I think Hundred is having a, a chat with all the try scorers. They could score a little closer to the posts. It wasn't me. It wasn't you. 
But uh, yeah, yeah it wasn't. Lacquer. So um, it, was, it was Ben or Ant. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it was Ben or Ant. And I think, this, I, I think I think Bowden Barrett had the same chat with his team as well. Yeah, he had a shocker. I think from five from ten. But uh, overall, um, who do you think was the biggest mm-hmm. difference maker? That person, who, like in particular, from the guys who maybe have been overseas, and there's a lot of talk about the foreign legion, excluding Bismarck and France, who didn't even get on the plane. Uh, Matt, just amongst the, the whole fifteen, uh, which maybe which forward and which back impressed you the most? <laughs> um, I, do, okay, hang on, hang on, Matt. Yes. Do you want do you want to trade for one what? of my forwards? Yeah, you, what? What, you can, what I'll you do. Can, is you can talk about draft. Forwards. <laughs> you talk about two forwards. I'll talk about two backs. Okay, okay, I, no, that's I fine. No, Matt doesn't want to discuss the backline. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> look, look, it's easy. the backline's easy because I was just going to pick one of the one of the one of the wings. So if one someone else wants to harp lyrical on the wings, they're welcome to. Okay. Yeah, no, but, but the, the the wings played how we expected them to play. To be honest, like yeah. like but I mean, the issue was going to be the issue was going to be if the ball. I honestly think that's the yes. most ball South African wings have ever received in a game. I think you know what I actually. This might come as a shock. Someone someone get the smelling salts, but I think DDA actually played well, and I think a lot of the wings getting the ball was because he he'd somehow learned to pass over the last couple of months. Hmm. No, he did, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so I know we, we've cut off Matt, who's, who's still... Yeah, I, I want to hear about your two, your two favorite okay, forwards, well, can I, I'm because gonna, that got traded I'm, away. I'm going two favorite forwards. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, first favorite forward is going to be Dwayne Vermeulen, who I think had an excellent game. He he was our fetcher. We didn't have a fetcher on the team sheet, and he managed to put his hand up quite nicely and managed to slow down the ball in the loose play. I think he managed... Uh, off the top of my head, fuck knows how many turnovers, but I think at least three or four. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, the last 10 minutes I had to go driving, so I had Radio 2000 on. And what's pleasant is Radio 2000, the commentators there referred to him as Thor, which I just thought was <laughs> excellent. <laughs> There's no talk of Dwayne Vermeulen, it's just Thor, which is, I nice. think, the best part. So all credit to him. And then I think, ah, fuck, can I give my second forward pick as the front row? The two, so um, this is going to be a rare compliment for Thomas Tatoy, because fuck that second scrum of theirs was gorgeous. That oh, they came on first, and then that second one where they just dismantled the British was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So well, I'm going to cheat enough, a like bit. That, and, that was huge. I'm going to cheat a bit and say my second favorite, my second forward pick is going to be both Thomas Tatoy and Kitzel for coming on on that second shove on that second scrum was fucking phenomenal. All right. Yeah. Uh, what, now, Alex, a uh, bit of a boom. Uh, the, okay. the, the two backline players who excited you. I'm afraid, Ben, you kind of, you're going to have to uh, yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah, scraps. Do scrap. Yeah. 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 But ben likes that. He, like, he likes to. Ben's going to so, talk up Tom Banks anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Ben's going to like pick up on some random guy. I don't know. Anyway. All right. So, <laughs> all right. My first backline player that I want to highlight is Fuff. Yes. I think that, like, the single biggest difference not just between last week against Wales and this week, although it was the single biggest difference there, but also between like the whole of last year and, and this team that we saw yesterday, was Fuff's speed to the breakdown. He got to every single ruck so quickly, and his distribution, his passing was sublime. Like So many times he'd pass, and I, th- I, th- I thought he'd fucked up the pass, but then the camera work was such that Andre was running onto it. And Andre would enter the frame where the pass was, and he'd have so much forward momentum, and it, would, it was almost going that way the whole back down the whole back line because every now and again, like Andre would pass, 
and I thought, shit, he's overthrown whoever he was passing to. And then suddenly, Dallander would like float onto screen right where the ball was. And it was just, they were running from depth and it was working so well. And Fuff was the key to it. But importantly, his box kicking was miles better than what we saw from Ifan Van Sale last week. Um, I was terrified when I saw Ifan Van Sale come on because I thought, fuck, here we go again. It's going to be the same as last week. This is how we lose. But, yeah, so Fuff made a massive difference, I think. And then, just quickly, the second backline player that I thought stood out for me was actually Vili Leroux. And I'm, de- I'm deliberately not talking about the two wings, not just because Ben says he wants to bring up one of them. But well, Matt said that. I don't want to bring up a wing. Oh, but you jumped on it. You were, <laughs> I have you were... to just taken all the good ones, Alex. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry. No, DDA is still on the table as well. Yeah, what do you mean? DDA is still there. Actually, there's an obvious one that no one no one's mentioned so far. I'm hoping Ben's going to bring him up. But um, in any case, so yeah, so for, for me, like the, the beginning of the game was characterized by mistakes from the wingers, I thought. Um, defensively in terms of positioning. But there was a moment uh, where Vili, you saw Vili talking to the two of them. And that, for me, was crucial. The fact that this, the experienced fullback had called over the two debutant wings. Someone was getting treated for an injury, so they had time. And you could see him settling down, setting them down and telling them, look, it's you know, everyone makes mistakes, blah, blah, blah. Or whatever he was saying. You know, he he asked, he, that. He, they interviewed him after the game, and he told us what he said. What, what was that? What did he say? He, he said, he said, listen, I'm going to get you guys as much ball as possible, and you must just play what you see in front of you. Yeah, there you go. Like, and that's like yeah, that's the best advice that he could have time. given. Them. Yeah, exactly. Great. Like, especially guys like Janti and Inkosi, who, like, they thrillers. You know, like they just want the ball. They just want to be given the opportunity, and they can score. And I thought that was, and then obviously he scored a try, and then both of them got three tries between the two of them. But, like, when was the last time we saw all three members of the outside back, or all three members of the back three, scoring a try for the for the Boca? It just doesn't happen. And that, that's that, the thing. Like, that, yes, yes, the wings played well, but it was the conditions that allowed them to play well that was so good to see for me. And Vili was a big part of it. All right. Ben, yeah. uh, the scraps, what do you have for, what do you have for us? No, yo, um, Max, uh, Max props to, to Vili. Uh, just, just a general thing. Um, something Rassi said he was worried about that because the whole team was – a lot of the team was very new or on debut – that they would kind of be too nervous to kind of flare, basically. Yeah. But then I, I know I know it didn't work. But but what kind of gave me a lot of sort of faith in that was at it was it was it was a bit late in the game. It was probably at about sixty odd minutes. Um, Piwe Janchi tried to throw like a, a backhanded chicken wing out of the tackle. Uh, yeah. it, it, it was shit. Like it went it forward went and no win. Yeah. It yeah. was a fuck up. But, but he but tried just, it. Just the fact that he had the confidence to do that, kind of, yeah. I, I think that, that speaks a lot of kind of the, the team environment that they've already sort of fostered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 100%. And um, my um, my forward, uh, Archias Neyman, oh, I yes. thought he really, Thank you. Yes, yeah, really yeah. stepped up. He carried he carried so well. He picked up his balls for him. He could have actually had a try when he passed to a yes, Like. Yeah. Yeah, mm. just leaned into whoever the backline player was there, and the guy would have. Yeah, and it's his break good, really good awareness, did hard work at the breakdown. Like he outworked Mostert, which is I don't know, yeah. is that even possible? saying something? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so yeah, I, I was really really happy with that, and I honest, 
I think after after that performance, obviously Eben is going to come back regardless, but that sort of second jersey that was maybe Lude was maybe Peter Steff. I think Achia put in a big a big claim. Obviously, you don't, you don't win the Curry Cup in May, but yeah, he definitely he definitely showed us what he was about. Because if anything, he played he plays well for the Bulls, but he raised his game. Yeah. And then my backline player was Andre Pollard because I think he was he was what we needed on that day. Like distributed well, attacked the line when appropriate, uh, was solid on defense. Like and he was up against probably one of the best ten twelve combinations in the world, especially in terms of sort of. Sorry. <laughs> Adam disagrees. Yeah, you just, I, you just I, triggered Adam. Yeah, I just uh, I don't know about uh, Farrell's tacking. I think I mean they offer a lot, but I mean it's not like a, a Smith non yeah, yeah. side. But I, like, they're good. They are good. I just think they do have weakness. Smith so. Nonu. Anyway, no, no, Smith Nonu, Adam. Well, they're the, they're like the ultimate combo. So I'm just going back to what we know. Involve Adam. Sorry, ten twelve. Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, oh, ten twelve. Never mind. <laughs> that didn't happen. That didn't happen. So yes, yeah, I wasn't yeah. going to get involved. I wasn't oh, going to get involved. Classic Adam. <laughs> uh, I, so uh, yeah, I was happy. I was happy with him. Obviously, his kicking uh, off the tee wasn't great, but I think he yeah. he really stepped up. And there must be a lot of pressure on him. Yeah. Also, on on that same note, I don't think Alton Jones should be on the bench. I agree. I, I, mean, I, I agree. agree. When he, when he came oh, on, I was like shuddering. Yeah, you were. You're messaging because, in the group. This is how we lose the game. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's more even than Elton, I think. Oh, okay. Both of them. And he, he's not the kind of player who you want to come in. No. For he's the not, last. He doesn't have the confidence to be an impact player. That's his thing. But but, but let, me like, ask, like, let me ask you. Are you going to trust Robert Dupree with that? Uh, no, I'd, I'd rather have that hasn't RDP. gone well for us in the past. I want, I want Jesse Creel to be the to be <laughs> the, the ten. With the bag of flour off. No, the twenty-three, and then uh, Vili can go play. Uh, Vili can be the back of flour. Well, he yeah, he is a linking player, I guess. Okay, but this this in case of injury, this yeah, isn't like at uh, sixty. Vili becomes the fly hop. But I, I think. Ideally, I would want Franz Stein to do that role, but obviously he's yeah, faking okay. injuries. Yeah, him and him um, and Mark both faking in, injuries, so um, yeah, I, I don't think really see anything there. I think so. Alton, Alton wastes a spot on the bench, and I don't think he enjoys playing off the bench. Even when he when he kicked the ball out to win the game, did he look happy? Uh, he looked relieved. I think no, he was just happy because he fucked up the last tackle on Johnny Mann. Yeah. So, so he, um, he almost cost us the game. I'm a fan of Alton. Like, if I wouldn't actually complain in a way if Alton started, but Alton mustn't be on the bench, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah his I'm ego with you, doesn't let him be a bench player. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, just just from my end, I just got a quick shout out to Bongi Mbanambi. He was abrasive. He's had barely, yeah, he's had barely any rugby, and, and he put in a very good uh, 60 minutes. Um, and mm. um, how good were the lineouts? Yeah, he hit his mark every time. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's, it's the most pathetic little sort of... He just, like, floats it into the air unless, uh, as though he's, like, releasing a butterfly or something. <laughs> but it always, like... Like, the amount of times it, like, just went sort of two centimeters over the English jumper. Like, yeah. honestly, it's like, amazing. Maybe Bongi's got the Ben, ben from account Jedi mind tricks with the, with the line-out frame. <laughs> yeah. He just force pushes it just at two centimeters. 
Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe just got lucky. And uh, then I mean, I'm going to pick the 16th player, just the Ellis Park crowd. So I know it's called Emirates Airline Park. Um, but yeah, it's just nice to see a big crowd uh, pull through the turnstiles. You know, and the analyst, he was there at the game. I just actually want to mention, I had a comment from him. I spotted a comment in the group about Peter Steffi Toy's hair. And I remember he came on the field. And I thought, wait, is Marlon Skuman actually playing? Because I wonder who is this young man? <laughs> who is this young man with his hair? It's like a foot taller than Marlon Skuman. No, I know, but I, I also was the back of his head. And I thought, no, that hair is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, here we are. And who was at the game, by the way? He was having a jolly old time. I think, as you said, this is the reason he has no money for internet. Uh, <laughs> I remember that because he flew up from Cape Town. Uh-huh. PSDDT's haircut looks like someone in first year around this time of year. For the first time, he's not been forced to cut, get a cut, but then he's just let it grow, and he doesn't actually know what to do with it. That's an opinion from the Turtles group. I don't know, I don't know what that is. Anyone care, care to? Comment, question mark. Yeah, I, I do agree. Yeah, I, it, it was a bit ridiculous. I, <laughs> I think he needs a, a high and tight fade like uh, uh, Dan and Jean-Luc Dupria. I think that's how all our blonde players should cut their hair to promote confusion. Uh, uh, um, Alex, I'm just going... I, yeah? I worry about that because... Uh, my barbers, all the Afrikaans people, when they come there, or the mothers come with their children, or the high school students, they all ask for the, the German haircut, and that's what they walk out with. So I'm worried about the connotations there. Yeah, Alex, yeah, Alex, Alex I just see here the group. Uh, ah, P with DRT. They copy. Oh, uh, dude, uh, I was so happy when he got his try. Yeah, his, he, his, he his offload for, of course, his second was, oh, class. was sublime yeah. as well. Yeah, that was class. Uh, just a quick word um, on the English I struggle to see a lot of the game but that back three Johnny May Elliot not Daddy what's it, what's what's the Daddy's uh, first name Elliot oh actually yeah it is right. Elliot oh I actually got it right yeah. okay, sorry I know uh, me, me, me and names are flip a coin you never know uh, and Mike Brown <laughs> I, was, I was interested that Brown was on the wing geez they have gas to burn hey so yeah, well, to be honest like Brown, like that was the main. That was no, that was the main concern that everyone had, because the English were like devastated when Eddie Jones named the team. They were like, "Oh, Mike Brown at wing. You can't play him at wing. He's too slow for wing and everything." And um, I think the last time he played wing was against, uh, I think it was against Australia, I think, and he got skinned by no, no, it was Wales, I think. Yeah, anyway, he got skinned by their wins by their wingers like two or three times. So like he's not slow, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think he's like an I'm not pace man like Johnny May. Yeah, I just like yeah, the fact that uh, Johnny May. That's just great. <laughs> he's blitz. He's blitz. That, ta- that try he scored, I-, I do think the cover defense. Elton didn't look interested at all. Maybe the step was so good. I'm not quite sure. But, um, I think yeah. it's sometimes, sometimes the camera angle, I think, because we get like a side angle. Yeah. So I think mm. sometimes players look like they're sort of in line with each other, but actually there's a meter or two. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm yeah, just, a bit I'm, of I'm an Alton apologist. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the, the, <laughs> I know, that, that, that didn't look good. So I was actually talking to someone today about yeah. that. And we were saying like, the, so the problem with Alton in that particular situation, and I think most people would have done what he did. Because he clearly, so there was a, there was a, um, a support runner on the inside for Johnny May. And Johnny May then cut inside and ran towards his own support player. And Alton was stuck between the two it was a two on one situation and he did the right thing I guess um, which is hang back and hedge your bets and kind of stand there you know, yeah, let, let, them, let them make the mistake basically exactly 
but that was the problem because then he, he rooted his feet mm. and Johnny May just cut around cut around him and he couldn't do anything. Yeah, what we enough. needed in that situation was like a Domkrach fullback who has no fucking concept of like support Your players or like and, and we are exactly we just needed some oak to fucking JJ Engelbrecht. Like, no 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 like a like a James Small type. He oh, literally, just, okay. like, no, 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 he literally okay. just gets the oak gets the oak in his sights and fucking pummels him. Yeah, even like <laughs> you know what I mean, like five, just straight five, straight, straight for the ball carrot. Yeah, and like maybe he like maybe he he sees you coming and pops it off and scores anywhere, maybe, but you still fucked him up, you know. So what Alton should have probably done was instead of rushing across and then planting himself in front of Johnny May to wait and see what happened, he should have he should have hung back so that Johnny May didn't get the inside. He actually got shown the outside, and then when he instead of cutting in, he goes out, and then you try and cut him down. Closer to the try oh, line, the but towards line, the touchline. Touch yeah. yeah, so that's the defensive play. Obviously, it's easy. Yeah, it's easy with benefit of hindsight, and you still would have had a two-on-one, so it probably wouldn't have changed anything. But I think in hindsight, Elton should have hung back instead of rushing up like that, and then shown him the touchline, and then just made a beeline for him like a homing missile. That I think would have been the way to play it. Alton is not a homing missile in defense. No, I know, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. Had... obviously, you are in the perfect situation. More like a mine. Yeah. He just floats around. Just, and you just, either hit him or you don't. A, a word on the English. Um, I thought their, their backline generally, I thought was pretty good actually. Yeah. Like, they, like they hold up. They well, hold they, up yeah. well enough on defense. Like, obviously, like if forwards are running at backs, there's always going to be a bit of damage. But I was quite disappointed with their forwards, especially kind of their their kind of their big net, uh, Atoji, to me, didn't really come to the party. Um, I, I thought he played okay. He I played mean, right, but, but the he amount was a bit of unlucky with the penalties. I don't know why. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. They conceded six. Yeah. I'm just reading some stats here. They conceded six penalties at the breakdown in the first half, so it was yeah. a bit of a concern um, for them. Yeah. But I agree with Ben in that sense. I, I really okay. thought the English side's strength, sorry Ben, uh, is that it was based around their forward dominance. But I think it goes back to what I said maybe uh, in our just preview episode of this. Uh, a little bit of concern that a lot of these forwards are a bit flogged. But hey, they didn't go ahead and step up, mm. so I mean, that, that doesn't matter. That's no excuse. So. Yeah, but like, come on, like our players are tired too. Like, it's not exactly. like super rugby's a walk in the park, eh? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, I didn't think Atoji, uh, he was alright, but he wasn't as well as like they hype it to be, and I've seen him play actually. Um, yeah. I thought Jamie George did. I don't even think I heard his name the whole. Mm. No, you wasn't the whole, good. The whole game, and he's like he's touted as one of the best hookers in the world. And he, yeah, they yeah. so just had a bad game. Then also, uh, Benny he carried fine, but he was pretty ineffective. Huh? Mm, definitely, uh, uh, Dwayne totally showed him up because Dwayne yeah. was like. Dwayne was basically playing the perfect eighth man game. Yeah, Chief was Dwayne he was like everywhere he needed to be yeah. and doing all the jobs. Um, just a quick point: when um, Nick Asique, he was taken off after 35 minutes, and Brad Shield brought on. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that. that was a bit of an odd one. They said it was a technical substitution. Hmm. Maybe because well, they maybe because they were struggling at the breakdown and the game was played at quite a pace. So would you want about yeah, uh, the score goes paid at pace? Like, like there weren't actually a lot of scrums, which was, you know, was nice to yeah. see. But um, surely, like having Brad Brad Shields at lock affects your scrum. 
Oh, I know, 100%. You would think so. <laughs> I, I think he, he was there more for tackling and, and, and uh, uh, line-outs, sort of. Maybe, maybe Eddie saw there weren't a lot of scrums, so he decided to try sneak another Lucy on. At, at 35 minutes was, yeah, a bit early <laughs> to call, I think. They said the guy, uh, what's his name, Adikwe? Yes, Nick Adikwe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they said he wasn't injured. They said it was tactical, yeah. which was a yeah. bit... Um, Matt, uh, before... Like okay. to sub a player at 35 minutes, that's a that's a confidence center. Eh? Yeah, yeah, it's not exactly a boost in confidence. <laughs> no, you're yeah. not. If you're starting the next week, you're not starting confidently that you're going to see see an orange by halftime. Yeah, um, Matt. Before we <laughs> an orange, <laughs> but before we we move we, we move on and look ahead to uh, next week, I, I just want a quick report card in the scrums uh, and the props. Uh, how do I think it went for you? Also, Volko Lowe, just in, in particular, he looks tired. It looks like he hasn't been rested for three months oh, because that's a man. fucking case. So, yeah. Oh. No, more than three months. I mean, he's been scrumming for almost a year straight now. Yeah. But overall, yeah, your, your, your impressions of the, the overall, scrum? Overall, our scrum wasn't bad. I liked our scrum. I'm going to give it... Because I... The one thing that... Uh, yeah, I'm busy not thinking. I'm crunching the numbers in my mind. Yeah. You can oh. you can hear the hamster wheel spinning. Yeah. No, no, I've got a hamster wheel, not a computer. Uh, um, it's like it's like a bingo. It's like one of those bingo balls. Um, let's say, I'll give us an A. We did all right in the scrums. I'm happy with our scrums. A definite, a good, a good solid. The problem is I'm tainted by that one scrum, so I can't go too low. That one scrum just, I had to do a lap. I just got up and walked around quickly and sat down. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah. Because, right. uh, yeah, we managed our bench. Our bench, I think, was managed really well with our forwards. Well, like they came yeah. on exactly at the right time that, so that we could make, we could use our bench players when they were still fresh against their weaker, still on starting forwards. Right. Let's look yeah. ahead. Let's look ahead to next week because we still we just got to get, get on to the New Zealand and Australia games and a very quick review of all the other international games. Any changes uh, you guys would make? Uh, I know there was a bit of chat in our group about uh, Lukanya. Um, that uh, maybe he wasn't as shiny as, as some of the other players. Um, any, any suggestions or, or, twi- or tinkering? <laughs> twinkering, excuse me. Any tinkering? Uh, tinkering. Oh, sorry. Uh, that's, but, a, that's a different podcast altogether. Yes, yes. Um, Matt, <laughs> Matt would, you, would you tinker um, just anywhere across the 15? No, I mean, even arms, one or two goofs, you can sort of forgive him because one or two goofs don't mean you're not going to lose your jersey. He played all right for the rest of the game, so... I'm largely happy with the 15, and if that same 15 trots out next week, I'll be happy with that. All right, and uh, Alex, uh, your point of view? Um, so for me, there are two guys whose um, whose position is questionable. Um, so Wilco Lowe desperately needs a rest, and he didn't mm. play well this last weekend. But he's the one guy we can't drop because he's the one guy we don't actually have a replacement for. Because yeah. Tom Tutoy... Look, Tom Dutoy acquitted himself above and beyond what we all expected, and he shoved off the best loose head in the in the multiverse in uh, Marco Vonipolo. But I don't think uh, he's Alex. Gonna... Alex, uh, I think you'd find Tom Banks is actually the best loose head in the multiverse. <laughs> oh no, this is an alternative multiverse where Tom Banks' parents died when he was a kid and he became Batman instead of a rugby player. Oh, makes sense. Yeah, sorry, I should have so qualified what about that. Proper? So in this in this particular Proctor. Uh, no, he's the best center in the multiverse. Okay. But anyway, so Marco Vinipolo, best center in this particular multiverse. And um, 
Tom Dutoy did really well against him, but I don't trust him to start at tight end. I still don't trust him to start. Um, so for that reason, Wilker Lowe, who should be dropped, won't be dropped. The other guy for me is questionable is Damien Delende. He actually played really well in the end. So mm. I feel on the fence about this. But I couldn't shake the feeling a couple of times yesterday that we could have really used Andre Esterhazen bashing it up because there were defensive fragilities um, in the in the English back line. And I think Esterhazen would have been able to just crack him open. But that's, at the same time, Dan showed a dimension to his game yesterday that we haven't seen this season, let alone the last couple of years. And I don't think that Esterhazen has done enough to unseat him. Um, so for me, there's no changes. You know, if if Inya Kante was fit, I'd say he starts next game, but he's not. So yeah, nothing. Uh, uh, ben, uh, would you would you tinker at a winning lineup? Uh, yeah, I, I would swap. I would swap Mostert and Peter Steff to Toy. Hmm. Just okay. just kind of rotation. I do think Peter Steff to Toy offers a bit more, and now Mostert can cover six as well. They, it's essentially a, a like for like. Substitution, and if you are losing Grant in the scrums, you can always kind of uh, bring Mostert on. So, yeah, I think mm. that will be good. And then, as I said before, I would want to see Alton off the bench, and I would mm. like to see Jesse Creel in the 23 jersey. Yeah, um, no, yeah, I, I agree with all of you guys. I think the point... I, I, I noticed comments from Rassi are very interesting, saying, in a way... That, I mean, do not quote him exactly, but he was pleased that we won because it doesn't put the team under pressure. And also so you can build consistency um, in the team. Mm-hmm. So if they've been a loss, there might have been pressure to make changes. Maybe Thomas Tatoy to come in to really see his metal. And maybe a Volko on the bench or bring in mm-hmm. uh, someone else. But I, yeah, would, hmm? I would say Thomas Tatoy to have him start once we 2 nil up in the series. Don't have him start now that we're still yes. sitting with it on the table. Rather have yeah. won the series. And then play with Thomas the Toy and see if it works. But rather win the series for, because PR wise, Rassi needs the series win. So I wouldn't put Thomas the Toy in just yet. Yeah, I'd wait until after Blum. Volkolo needs a spa weekend. I think that's the that's the bottom line. He just needs. The problem to, is like, we. Yeah. The worst part is we we put Volkolo. Yeah, Thomas the Toy starts. Volkolo still has to put in at least a twenty minute shift from the bench. Oh, no, I'm sorry. If we, if we won okay. the series. We we send Volcolo to whatever spa and we just bring in I don't know some guy like who cares. Chili boy can pack. <laughs> Chili boy can pack it. That MP is big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Let's. Uh, let MP be- can definitely do it. <laughs> let's 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 move on to uh, the Australia. I mean the Australia Island. I guess we should, we should do that. I've just mentioned it. I didn't get a chance to watch. I was playing cricket with Ben. Uh, you're a Brisbane correspondent because you managed to watch the game. Just overall. I, um, from what I read, David Pocock Australia. was David Pocock was immense. Um, yeah, Pocock, Pocock was so good. Like honestly, he he outplayed the other. Like if the other five loose forwards were one player, <laughs> they probably put in the same amount of work as Pocock did. Like it was, it was really, it was really good. Um, Beal was excellent. Falau, he pretty much played the same as he does in Super Rugby. Yeah. Like, dom- dominated in the air completely. Um, just a general comment on the game. Very disappointed in Ireland. Yeah. It, honestly, it looked, it looked like Australia was there to play rugby. 
and Ireland was there to try kind of eke out a very boring, very conservative, very safe win. And yeah, and Australia, Australia outplayed them. Like I think Ireland have a lot of like they're going to have to do quite a bit of soul searching because they they weren't there to play rugby. They were mm-hmm. I don't know. They were trying to they were keeping the ball very tight, trying to force penalties. They weren't willing to to take any risks. Like I understand that's that's a style of rugby, but that's a style of rugby when it's pissing with rain and it's two degrees or whatever. Like they had good conditions. They have a good back line. They have good forwards as well. They're, they have the potential to be an exciting team and they just didn't step up at all. So yeah, um, Australia played. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's the end of uh, season syndrome? Do you think that's what it is? Uh, I don't know. Like surely you got to, you got to lift when you're playing for your country. Hey? Yeah. Like I'm not, but they, they say those, cause they have central contracting. So those guys should be well, well, rest. Well, they le- they rested all the Leinster guys because they had the they had the final two weeks ago or whatever it was. So yeah, I don't the, know. The bench didn't really make the the impact I thought it would as well. I did notice that uh, Israel Falah he got robbed a very good try. It's probably maybe the, uh, from what I saw from the highlights yeah. because of uh, Adam Coleman being judged for tackling a player late. I think look the referee. Yeah. I, th- I think we can maybe have just a very brief chat about the refereeing overall after we get through all the games. But uh, a little bit unfortunate class try. Um, so as you said, it, it, it just kind of didn't appear that the island patched up, and all the all the northern it, southern hemisphere teams are playing at a pace that the the south the northern guys are not used to in a way. Yeah, because all well actually England played nice attacking rugby, but it was like all the teams were kind of trying to play this. All the Northern Hemisphere teams were playing this very test matchy kind of rugby, which obviously makes sense because it's a test match. But then the Southern mm. Hemisphere teams were playing kind of like this test match super rugby kind of hybrid. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is a very a very because you know they were taking the points when they were on offer, but at the same time they were they weren't afraid to take the ball out wide and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. just that that uh, late ta- that. Uh, tackle without the ball was bullshit though because basically the guy was a dummy runner and uh, and Cole that annoys me the, and he just fell for the dummy runner which fair yeah. enough you know, like, like it happens that's the whole point yeah that's the yeah. whole point like good job you were a good dummy runner you took and then, <laughs> yeah yeah so I oh, know I was a bit pissed off with that but, uh, yeah, yeah those, those annoy me I'm not sure which commentator it was he's like oh that's it like the game's gone beyond like fixing. It's it's done. <laughs> Typical Aussie media. So, in Australians. Yeah. yeah, just any further comment um, about the Aussie? I, I, I have nothing to add, unfortunately, apart from just that for laughing that I saw. Um, anything, anything else to add, chaps? Before before we maybe move on. No, no I think Ben covered Def- it pretty well. Yeah, definitely. Maybe silence. we should. Maybe, hmm? should we maybe just address that they're not playing in green and gold. Well, it's, it's, it's canary yellow. It's fucking, it is fucking yellow. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but the worst, part is, the worst part is they always say green and gold. Green is not even the fucking major color on their jersey. Exactly. So why the exactly. fuck is it the, so even, even is if it the first even one if out accept, of their mouth? 100%. Even if we accept, for the sake of argument, that it's gold, which it's not, it's still, they're playing in gold and green. They're not yes. fucking playing green and gold. They're playing in gold and green. <laughs> except they're not, because it's not gold. It's fucking yellow. Your team plays in yellow and green. And I know why you don't say that because it sounds shit, but that yeah. is the reality. So just fucking deal we with it. We green and gold because our jersey is green with gold accent. I mean, they've exactly. got 
They've got three gold uh, green stars on a largely baby shit yellow jersey. Hundred percent. I'm not prepared to discuss this anymore. No, no. I thought I thought let's just put it out on a public forum and then Good. so that yeah. Australia knows the point and hopefully they have a referendum and it goes a bit better and that goes a bit better than last time they had one. They could Excellent. call themselves Golden Green if they made their jersey gold, though. Yeah, but uh, are they going to stoop to IPL yeah. levels? Because yeah, that's I a think, lot of budget they're going to use. I think they should gold leaf their jerseys. Ah, oh, fuck. I don't know. You're going to see a lot of the Queensland Red players just not returning their jerseys then by the end of the game. <laughs> All right, look, let's, let's move on to France versus New Zealand. Uh, I, I, I think we did manage to get to watch this. Uh, France, their defense is very solid uh, for the first uh, 20, actually the whole first half. They were very good. Look, they did, were quite lucky with their try with Grosser uh, out of a foxy nature. Nice try. Yeah, foxy nature scooped the ball um, from a, a Jordy Barrett offload, scored an intercept try, and France went up 11 8. Ben Smith, ben Smith oh, made ben a mistake. Smith. Yeah, they, yeah, but, yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, but it, it, it was, yeah, like, I don't know, like, rain started falling up and, and cats started chasing dogs. It was bizarre. I I don't think it was a mistake. I think he did that he thing did that Doctor Strange. He did that thing that Doctor Strange does in Infinity War. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it. Where he he looks into the future and he saw all the 14 million possible outcomes, and he knew that. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it. If he like he had to die basically in order for the world to be saved or the multiverse to be saved. So, in this so case, for he, for New Zealand to put 50 points up. Yes, exactly. The only way for New Zealand to beat them by 50 points was if he like made a mistake. You know. So I don't think it was an error. I think he so. Knew who's exactly the Christian? Who's who's the Chris Pratt in this situation? Oh, hang on, I'm gonna take out my earphones again. Oh, there you go. Chris, what? Chris Pratt. So Star Lord. Yeah, sorry, um, who's Star Lord in this? In this I analogy, like I think it's got to be Aaron Smith. The way he was mouthing off against the ref. <laughs> so, so, so Ben Ben Smith let Aaron Smith go mouth off at the ref on purpose, is what you say? Exactly. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly. And then what that happened. gave that penalty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly how it yeah. happened in the movie. How Samantha slipped. Yeah, and and Damien McKenzie is is Iron Man. He's the last. He was the last man standing <laughs> to clean up the the mob. <laughs> yeah, but I'm afraid what what yeah. really. Yes, I was going to say maybe Ben. Uh, I would I'd argue that Tuanga Fasi is Iron Man because he lay there cradling Grasa so carefully in his arms while he died. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tuanga Fasi. I don't feel so good. <laughs> is it safe to me to listen? Come back. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, no, no. Spoilers. Yo, I'm, gonna, no, I'm definitely not going to have to listen to this. It's like two months now. You can't bitch at us for spoilers. Like, it's no, I can. Of course I bloody can. I have, I have a right to like not be a slave no, no, to no, the no. big spoilers, media machine. Spoilers, you can complain like two weeks. Two months. You've Two months in a cultural event that's like that. No, 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 fuck you. I, I have the right to not be a slave <laughs> to the big media machine and to see things at my own leisure. Okay, so, no, I, I refuse. Okay, uh, look, Adam, I, because, I, yes, is Adam, because you're, too, you're too cheap to pay to watch it on the big screen. No, I'm a busy guy. So, <laughs> okay. a, well, we, look, we do forget, Adam went to go watch Black Panther like two days before. No, actually, I think he went to go watch it okay. after Infinity War came out. That's true. I remember him saying he was now ready to watch Infinity War, but that was two months ago, so he obviously wasn't ready. Yeah. Okay, well, 
<laughs> having missed that whole spoiler alert thing, what I was going to say is that um, I just felt the refereeing by Luke Pierce in his first international. I was I was thinking, yes, my boy, because he, Aaron Smith chirped him. He said, 10 meters, don't chirp me or don't talk back to me. And then in the second half, yeah. he absolutely pawned it by giving the French lock. Um, it was their number four. Uh, the name escapes me. Yellow carded him. Within, with, didn't even go to the TMO. Yellow carded him. Uh, and then Grosso ended up getting his face smashed in. No, Grosso can't be right. Yeah. Sorry, I feel like a... Grosso, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Grosso. Grosso. Yeah, Grosso getting, getting his face uh, smashed other, in. The other Grosso. Intentionally. It was one of the Grosses. Yeah, intentionally. Uh, it's They're a, all Grosso's to me. Yeah, it's, it's French lock Paul. Uh, Gabri, it's G-A-B-R-I-L-L-A-G-U-E-S. Paul. Uh, Gabriel Legs. Legs. I, I don't speak French. Uh, uh, Mauritius Ben. How do you pronounce that? Well, I barely speak French. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I just felt... Yeah, he, he gets yellowed. Second half, on replay, he even sees in TMO, Sam Kane with the high arm. Sam Kane, I think you could see, had play, barely played any rugby. He was quite ineffective. And mm-hmm. talking to Fassi, with the shoulder, and he goes, no, the guy's falling into a shoulder. That doesn't matter. I mean, look, mm-hmm. they, they ran out 40 points, and New Zealand, you could see, they were beginning to really get a grip on the game. So I think they would have run out winners anyway. But it's just such a maddening inconsistency. And then Artie Sevier's try, right at the end. His knee touches the ground. It's like, dude, you need to let go of the ball now. It's not a ruck. Mm-hmm. And then he gets up and goes again without releasing, which is an immediate penalty. So, uh, Luke Pierce, if you're listening, I'm very disappointed in you because uh, you told Aaron Smith <laughs> just, to just young, young man. Up. But then, um, inconsistency. Even if there's a little bit of dodgy refereeing, if it's consistent... <laughs> People can live with it. But look, overall, uh, I've seen some of the tries New Zealand scored. Uh, Ryan Crotty, how good is he? Uh, the ultimate shit fantasy player, great rugby player. I think he's, he's fantastic. Antolina Brown. So he always makes the right decision, Ryan oh. Crotty. Like, he also, he's, the, he's the another one who sees the, the four billion possibilities and knows. No, Crotty, Crot, I think you, what, was it you was sort of had that sort of Gandalf esque line about Crotty. He's not fast. He just runs at the speed that he needs to run at. Yeah. Crotty's yeah, just on the field right where he needs to be at any point. No, in no, time. but he is. He's just, he like handed off that guy for the fourth try, maybe? Yeah, and big it, his handoff, it wasn't like a, you know, like an oddly severe handoff, which like catapults the guy into the air or whatever. It was yeah. just enough of a handoff <laughs> that allowed him to run past. Same thing. He put on a burst of speed, but he didn't like burst out like five meters ahead of the guy. Just, you know, 30 centimeters ahead of him. So he can't tackle me. Like, I was, I was very... G- Gandalf is such a good comparison for Ryan Crotty that it's just so perfect. I, 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 when you mentioned, I suddenly thought of Band of Brothers when, um, like, who's Lieutenant Winters? You could also be that guy. Yeah. Like, they, they all land and all missioning around and they're heading into Bastogne. And one guy says to Winters, yeah. oh, no, we're going to be surrounded. And then Winters just says, uh, we're, we're, paratrooper we're, we're, yeah, we're paratroopers, son. We're, we're meant to be surrounded. And it's just like, yeah. that's Ryan Crotty. You take him to Bastogne in World War Two. He, he was excellent. Rico Aani, uh, very good finisher. La Mappy, jeez, hey. Uh, him and D-Mac. That's off the bench. Those guys are coming off the bench with having no, big impact. bench was... But their bench is sad. Like, those no. are perfect players. Like, they can just put a team to the sword. Yeah. Okay. Um, you yes, know, ben. after Lam- after Lamar try, like, he just scored... And then he just stood up and just looked <laughs> at the camera. <laughs> yeah, so I, was, I was fucking terrified. <laughs> like, I wanted to, like... I, know, I, 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 
it's like the, it's ben like the just ring. quickly switches off the TV and sits there for minutes. It's like the ring. Seven he, like, days. Looks, he looks at the camera. Yeah, you have seven days, Ben. <laughs> and also, because uh, I presumed he was robbing me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the Barrett Foundation contributed to Bowden Barrett's try. Remember. Kieran Reed still has to come back, so Luke Whitelock was very solid. He's still got to come back. Brady Retallick, he's still got to come back. Uh, Dan Coles, if he ever comes back. And then they've got guys. Nahola couldn't make the 23. Richie Moanga couldn't make the 23. Uh, the one guy that was quite disappointing, I mean, he was, he was much better in the second half, and Cody Taylor had a great game at two. Anton Leonard Brown, a little bit disappointed. So I know he's your boy, uh, Alex. Mm. You're a big, you're a big yeah, fan of ALB. Um, big, big fan. Yeah, his his place might be under threat from from the the mini bus. Lamapi. Uh, uh, but no, hang on, because Lamapi is a, a twelve. I yeah. they'll make him. They could put him at thirteen. Um, yeah, they could, but I don't think so. No, like I don't think they really bring the same thing. Like you're not looking for that from Leonard Brown. Um, like he's he's honestly like he he's a different kind of player uh, to Lamapi. I don't think that. Sorry. Uh, good yeah, he's, no. he's, he's a specialist 13 cover in the squad, so but they might move Crotty yeah. to 13, but Crotty prefers to be 12, and I feel Crotty's yeah. better. But anyway. No, I think Lennon Brown's pretty safe. He really is. Like, I know I know I'm biased, but like, I think <laughs> he's actually very special as a player, and he does a role there in the, in the All Blacks back line that no one else in the squad can currently do. Um, like, he, he creates a lot around him. He's like a bit of a black hole of opportunity. Uh, DDA2. He is the black hole of opportunity. You just wait. Uh, like he's, he's, he, yeah, he's up black hole's coming, a terrible analogy, guys. Yeah, black hole absorbs everything. It absorbs no, but all what... opportunity. It's something no, that no, creates no. opportunity. No, but like, sorry, like maybe you're saying his black hole opportunity is wrong, but like the way I see him is that he, he, <laughs> he sucks, he sucks at the other the defenders in around him. Yeah, he's a black hole and, of, or black hole yeah. against defense or something. But yeah, yeah, black hole of opportunity just makes it sound sorry. like... He just eats all the opportunity around him and there's nothing. Yeah. In right. other words, Damien McKenzie. Or Engelbrecht. Yeah. What? No, you take that back from D-Mac. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Um, look, uh, we, uh, any further comments just about uh, the uh, New Zealand-France game? Just before we just take a very broad look yeah. at uh, the um, I don't. I don't think we should write off the French because I think they were resting yeah. five players, maybe yeah. six. I thought Parra, so they, Parra they, played they, well. They all the Montpellier players. So I do think... The French will come back with a vengeance, but obviously I, I don't think it'll be I don't think it'll be enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah. also, Carl Tunikafi's moustache needs a shout out. That thing was yeah. glorious. That was the man of the match for me. No, well, that's 100%. that's because that thing must have its own like legal entity. So technically, they had 16 players on the field. Yeah, uh, Mustache yeah. Mountain over there. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that scrum, that first scrum when he came on, jeez, like, he ate the French alive. It's just, he's such he's a... Got a, he's got a... Do you think that thing can hook? Like, he's good for... good for rugby, because what, he was like a security yeah. guard or something? Yeah, and, yeah. Like, they was like, like, clinically obese. Yeah, he lost... And then like... He, he, he lost, like, 30Ks, and he still weighs, like, 130-odd, or something like yeah. that. Yes, he yeah, no, said he was going to be dead, and then he's like, "No, it's good. I'm going to play for the All Blacks." <laughs> like, oh, yes. yeah. If if you're listening out there, look up his his story. It'll it'll encourage you to kind of retirement at age 32, and you know, try and make the box by the time you're 36. Yeah, big call. Yeah. Um, Tui Tui Thank you. I knew you had you had my back there. He had tears in his eyes. He had tears in the heart mm. in his eyes during the anthem. He's a beautiful moustache, and he makes Vilko Low like 
look like Fab de Klerk. He is such a slab of meat. Just as he's, he's an absolute tank. It's just, jeez. 135 kilograms. That's it. So, just a quick look across the rest of the Rapey universe. Japan. They beat Scotland. How, how's that, Matt? Are you, are you rather chuffed with that result? They did, they did beat they Scotland. Beat Italy. They, they, they Italy. beat Italy. Sorry. Fuck. Jesus, guys. I'm, I'm going off the rails here. Uh, so. No worries. Um, you'd be happy with this. Your boy Murphy and Lemeki both scored decent tries. Lemeki almost scored. My boy Murphy. Is Murphy your boy now? Sorry. Uh, oh, sadly. Um, Lemeki almost picked up a brace. He sort of coughed one up on the line and then picked up a very nice one near the end as well. But yeah, I was quite impressed. The Japanese, they've learned how to kick through or do a little grubber through and a little cross kick and all that. Most of their tries were set up like that. And then they've also got surprising big heavy ball carriers in Mafia. And Vimpy also did a lot of good carrying off the ball. Vimpy yeah. Yamamoto. And then uh, Tonga, they <laughs> lost to Georgia at home. Georgia won 16-15. Then Fiji, they won the Battle of the Islands 24-22 uh, against Samoa. I think they were playing in Suva, but they were playing at home. And then, as mentioned, uh, Japan, easy winners over Italy, 34-17. So I think playing in Super Rugby is actually doing them some good. And then Argentina, Jesus. You know, just when you think they're, they're coming right, they're beaten by Wales. <laughs> well, look, in all fairness, in all fairness, Adam, in all fairness, they're only second in their conference in Super Rugby. And they beat, and they beat, the, and they also lost to the team that beat our team, which we've been, now I'm joking, our team was shit last week. And I'm glad I didn't actually, I still haven't watched that game. I was going to try and give them some out, but now fuck it. No, it's just, god damn it, Argentina. I haven't, I haven't seen the highlights of the game, but just get your shit together, guys. And then Cold War 2, or 3 or 4, or 5, wherever it is now, the USA put the hammer down on Russia, winning 62-13 at uh, Dick, what's it? Dick? Dick's. Dick's Sporting Goods Park. I'll just dick at him. No, it's, 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 it's like Welcome dick, to Dick. It's like Dick Wheels or something like that. I can't, I can't dick remember. Sporting dick Sporting Goods Park. Goods. Dick yeah. Sporting Goods, but Dick's as in Dick Dick owns the Sporting yeah, Goods Yeah, yeah, yeah. So His name so is Rich. Rich. Adam Rich. Richard. 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 Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Not a, not, a, not a plural of dicks. Yeah. And then Scotland, and then Scotland hammered Canada. 48-10. So, uh, just a look ahead. Where did they play, Adam? Where did they play? Come on now. I don't know, bro. Toronto, Vancouver, shit, who knows, bro. I don't know that much about Common, it. The Commonwealth Stadium. Oh, that's quite sanitized. Mm. <laughs> look, it is Canada. They love the Commonwealth. <laughs> right, let's look, ahead. let's look ahead just to next week. So we're going to go through all the fixtures. Starting off uh, all Saturday, so again, it's the Friday morning black hole. Without Super AP on a Friday, we all have to work, sort of, on Friday morning. It's Tonga versus Samoa. Uh, and they're apparently all playing in Suva, so it seems like they're doing that just for the sake of travel. So Tonga versus Samoa. Picks, guys. I'm going to pick uh, Samoa. I don't, I don't know why. I just I like Samoa. They're my boys. Well, Samoa's well, got the momentum. Yeah. yeah. Tonga lost. Yeah. Oh, well, so did Samoa, actually. Yeah. Never mind. Samoa yeah. lost by two. Yeah, but, but, Tonga but lost by one. Samoa are better than Tonga, though. Yeah. yeah. Can somebody explain to me, though, why? Why is Georgia in this? Because this is called the Pacific Cup. Why is Georgia playing as the fourth entrant in the Pacific Cup? I think they just needed another team. But surely you could have picked an, another island nation in the Pacific Ocean. Well, Japan would make sense. Yeah, that's what but I was going to say. Yeah, that's actually true. But obviously they're their own. Um... I think it's good for Georgia, so, though. So good no, no, Georgia. it's excellent. I'm not complaining. I'm stoked for Georgia to get there. I'm just curious about the logistics, how they managed to pull off. They're like those guys who are Turkey adjacent. Jesus, can play, imagine yeah. coming from, no, but, from Georgia to fly to Fiji. Shit, must be quite an experience. And, uh, well, 
If we're talking about silly names for stuff, can we point out that England and Scotland play in the Calcutta Cup? Yeah, but that, that's uh, but that's the oldest rugby competition in the world, Ben. Don't you know? Yeah, well, yeah, most countries didn't even exist when they, those two were playing. <laughs> and I mean, like, like you think that they played for Calcutta? Like, like how does it work? Or might be of like maybe that's, the yeah. I think it's that, because the Maharaj or top dog from from um, India when it's still called Calcutta is not Kolkata with a K instead of a CA. Uh, just all you history buffs out there. I think it's because um, he presented the cup, same as the Curry Cup was presented to, I don't know who, to by Donald Curry. I think he was like a, a merchant or some shit. So uh, just a, you know, a bit of history. But uh, g- give, me a, give me your picks for Samoa, quickly. Come, Samoa, Tonga. I say Samoa. Next. Samoa by five. Yeah, I had Samoa by yeah. five. Yeah. All right, all right. And, then, five. and then Fiji, Georgia. Um, Shit, it's actually quite tough. You never know. I'm going to pick Fiji because they're playing at home. I don't have much of a better reason for it. Georgia will definitely be more structured. You can probably guarantee that. Mm. I'm going to say Fiji because I assume that having rested after last week's Pro 14, sorry, Top 14 final, Namani Nandolo is going to join them. Oh, true. Shit, yeah. So, and that's, yeah, he is the best. Well, how how many Georgians were playing in France as well at the moment? They surely yeah. must be being bolstered by one or two. But Nandolo's worth like 10 choices. Yeah, no, no, true. So. No, they'll have their first their first choice kicker there. Yeah, exactly. So I think uh, Fiji, Fiji by like three, three or six, something like that. Hmm. Not a lot. Ben? Um, yeah, I think uh, it should be an interesting game because it's very contrasting styles. Hmm. Um, I think um, the... Fiji are at home, and I think as long as they don't have too strict a ref, they'll win. All right. By, by nine. Let's say. Um, then moving on, it's uh, France versus the All Blacks. They're playing in the baking dish in win. Oh, I take that back. Excuse me. That- it's Italy versus it's uh, Japan versus Italy. It's a Masaki Park Stadium in Kobe, um, Japan. I'm going to say Japan by thirteen. They're on a roll. Yeah. 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 Good enough. Kiff. I agree. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, boring. New Zealand, France. New Zealand will win. Maybe the French will be better, but I think New Zealand will win. Yeah. Uh, Australia. Wait, which is the? Because yes. I reckon France is going to take one from them. Are they going to take the middle Jeez. one or the last one? Uh, I think uh, France needs. I think you're very optimistic by saying. Yeah, that. I I refute, I refute the premise. <laughs> I, no, but that's that's the thing. France France just has that talent. Just all of a sudden, ah, look, we've beaten New Zealand. Surprise. Yeah, they do. They, they used to have now. that. It, it used to be a thing, but that has. I don't think they've been in New Zealand in like eight years or something. Mm. Which in French years is not that long. <laughs> <sighs> right, no, I think, I think it's going to be 3 0 in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, Ben, just, you, re- you reckon New Zealand are going to take this? Yeah, uh, uh, I think it'll be a bit closer because the French have some better players coming back. But, you know, the French are quite, they're very emotional. So they might we, just, you know, kind of be sulking about last week and just, you know, not bother to tackle or, you know, refuse to wear boots or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, and then it's... The Assault action. someone with a baguette. <laughs> the action goes to Amy Park in Melbourne, Australia versus Ireland. Well, I mean, shit, man. I had Ireland to win their first game, hence they were very disappointing. But I, now I think Australia, they... Yeah, they got they got the mojo, bro. So I, I think Australia are going to take this. Mm, I think I'm going to go Ireland on this one because they'll have their Leinster players back in the starting lineup. 
I just think the big mo. Australia have the big mo, and not not Carl's mo from New Zealand. They just got Kip mo. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I think I think that Ireland are the better team. Please say that again. Sorry. <laughs> I think Ireland had the better team on paper, and this last week they didn't have their best team um, on paper or on the pitch. And then yeah, they just played below beneath themselves, whereas Australia played above themselves. So and and I think we did kind of say in last week's preview that Suncorp is quite a special venue for for the Wallabies. Hmm. So AMI Park, not so much, and Ireland's back to their best, and they're going to be hungry. I think Ireland's going to take the next one. Okay, Ben. Um, yeah, guys, I actually I have a confession because um, it's quite it's quite late in the pod, so hopefully all the you know the the flitty listeners have already stopped listening. Despite, you know, being South African and my views on Australian Super Rugby teams, I found myself supporting... I found myself supporting <laughs> Australia. Adam, just... Like, cut this, cut this, and have this as the, the, as the stinger in the front. <laughs> like, like I, I, I went into the game, you know, Ireland, Ireland, you, whatever. Oh, it's an Irish call, goddammit. Yeah, but... Um, but it just didn't like it didn't happen. Like I couldn't get it up or something. Like and then, <laughs> when, when drink more Jamison, Ben. Drink more Jamison. Oh God. When Australia were playing well, I, like I felt I, like I was on my feet and stuff, kind of clapping along. I think it's because I, I feel like I know the players from playing fantasy rugby and watching so much Super Rugby and stuff. Uh, but, maybe. Yeah, like I, I don't know. But anyway, I'm. I would say provisionally, I, I think Australia should take this one. You know, because they're my boys now. Um, but <laughs> you're back but, your boys, <laughs> got to back your boys. But if there is basically one injury to say Hooper, Hooper, Pocock, Foley, Beal, Falau. Yeah, then then basically they won injury away from not winning this game. So if I, I have Australia, but if if the, I see an injury midweek or whatever, I would I'm going to change my pick to Ireland. All right, uh, and Matt, I believe in the power the the recuperative powers of Guinness and Jamison. So I reckon Ireland are going to take this game. All right, I guess it's as good as really reason as any. Um, and before we get on to actually South Africa, let's just quickly have a look at um, some of the quick ones. Uh, USA, Scotland, uh, Scotland, I guess. That's at Scotland, the yeah. that's at the BBVA Compass Stadium in Houston. Loving these names. Houston. Well, at least they're in Texas this time. Yeah, it's true. Uh, what's finally? Te- oh, yeah. Is there a reason you skipped over Argentina, Wales? No, no, I'm gonna get there. I just because uh, just... that was uh, we, uh, I don't know why you're not doing this chronologically. That's because I'm, I'm leaving it, South Africa at the end. Stop bitching, Matt. Let me do my job. It's it's quite it's quite a clever tactic because obviously Washington's quite close to Canada, but Houston's quite far, so yeah. they they force Scotland to travel more. Yeah. Oh, those sly yanks, eh? Yeah. Plus. Plus, it's in Texas where it's fucking hot and dry. And I don't think Scotland even know what that weather is. Doesn't Texas have similar to, like, Joburg winters? Uh, I really don't know. I don't know. Texas is huge, bro. They're quite equatorial, though. Like, the lower half of Texas is quite equatorial, isn't it? No. Equatorial? 
No, like not, they, not they quite still... tropical, not quite tropical, but it's still quite warm in that yeah. one. I think we're going off track. I think we're going off track. Quick picks, please, for, for Scott and USA. We're getting to Scott the end of the pod. Scott and by 12. All right. Ben? Uh, yeah, Scotland by 25. All right. And Matt? Uh, Scotland by 15. Uh, I got Scotland by 21. Uh, then Canada, Russia. It's Twin Elm Rugby Park in Ottawa. Jesus, like, you know, it could be at a high school. Elm Park. Uh, I got Canada winning this. It just was Russia or shit. That's all. Sure. <laughs> yeah. This is well essentially the, a... They played well in the sevens. But this isn't uh, sevens. This is 15. No, 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 but I'm just, like, I'm... All I mean is that it, it shakes up what I, I thought I used to know about Russian rugby. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. Canada probably. Okay. Right. It is quite it is quite weird because Russia play sevens like a fifteen like a fifteen side. Like like they always they never step or whatever. They just try run through people and they're very physical and so mm. theoretically that should translate to their fifteens, but maybe their fifteens play like a seven side. I've I've never actually watched <laughs> Russian fifteens play. Yeah. Yes, yes, Matt, come on. Come on, come on, come on. I was just gonna say Russians Russians on, so Matt. big population wise that like just law of probability they should be able to find twenty three guys who can play like first tier rugby. No, I but I don't think, think so. I I think their problem is that they don't travel well. Like, like, there aren't a lot of Russians sort of dispersed across the world as there are, like, mm-hmm. Americans or South Africans or whatever. So, like, their, all their rugby's, all their players are probably based in Russia. Mm. Oh, they, can't, they, they can't leave the motherland, otherwise they, they lose all their power. Well, in their defense, I mean, you can see Russia from Canada, at least. So but did, must... generally, like, how many mates do you have who have a British passport or an Australian passport or a U.S. passport? But how many mates do you have who have a Russian passport? I do one guy, maybe. That Varsity. I don't have any too many oligarch friends. <laughs> no. I've got a friend from Estonia. It's because you guys went to Rhodes, which is a hotbed of communism. Yeah, d- <laughs> damn <laughs> right. Fuck yeah. yeah. All our friends have all our friends have Zimbabwean. Passports, yeah, that's true. Yeah. All <laughs> um, okay, then yeah, since you're bitching, Matt, uh, then uh, our second last game: Wales, uh, Argentina at the Estadio BG. <laughs> BG. Estan Estan Lopez in Santa Fe. Fuck, I don't know. More that badly. But uh, anyway, who's going to win this? I want Argentina to win it. So do far. I. Just, just... Will they? I don't trust Yes! Them. I reckon the winds of change are coming. Argentina <laughs> changed like the wind, so let's oh, do this. Jesus, I don't know. I don't trust them. Alex? Yeah, I think Argentina have shown quite comprehensively throughout this year that whatever you expect they're going to do, they're going to do the opposite. So fairly by pe- country mark. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Buffelli. So the fact that they lost last week just makes me think they're going to win this week. All right, Ben. Literally, literally just because they lost. Yeah. All right. The law of opposites, Ben. Um, Argentina hate me, which is everyone knows this. So yeah. I'm going to, say, but you. I kind of want them to win despite this. It's like Stockholm syndrome or something. So I'm going to say uh, Wales will win by five, which means Argentina will win. Like Thank you, I, I'm. My, my, I'm, I'm taking a hit on my super brew just to. <laughs> I appreciate my super brew. Thanks you. <laughs> yeah, um, and my my wife's chirping, and then she says Argentinian wine is bad. Oh, it's okay. So, yeah. It's just a bit dry. There's some good shit out that there. That sounds like that sounds like French snobbery from Joe. Yeah, haven't they? French snobbery. There's <laughs> that one red. There's I've a red that good. they do. There's I've a red that they do that's not bad. It's with a P or something. 
Joe says, Joe says, in response to that. <laughs> I think that confirms does, does, my hypothesis. Does Joe, does Joe snort her nose in our general direction? Yes. Hmm? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. She, 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 she also, she also raised her eyebrows when I said Scotland by 25. <laughs> she has no faith in the Highlands. Yeah, but the French are supposed to be are supposed to be tight with the Scottish. Yeah. Oh, oh it's because she loves Scotland because she watches Outlander. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. Before we before we embarrass your wife any further, let's look at this, the uh, the prime stake since I already mentioned it before. South Africa God. versus England. I'm going to go last. Uh, let, let, let's talk to uh, Braveheart over here, uh, Ben. So, sorry, these are the time features. That's just solid. It's just mommy porn. But. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You know. Uh, I guess... Does Outlander also have, like, boob position or whatever? No, no, no. It's, focus. It's like, it's like, it's like Game of Thrones, but like it's from a woman's perspective, basically. Stop trying to drag so, us into so, your so marriage. Instead of boob splation, it's got dick splation. Okay, got it. Oh, okay, 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 sorry. Um, Maybe yeah. So get it up. Yeah. Yeah, oh, sorry, my head's nowhere. Yeah, um, South Africa, yeah, England, think... Blumpertain. No, go, go, go. Um, yeah, I'm going to say box because, you know, I'm a believer now in Rassi. Uh, the yeah. team seemed really close. Um, there seemed to be uh, issues, but I think he, he should be able to address those issues. And I think England, like like the inability of your forwards to get go-forward ball, is not really a solvable issue. It's not like you can get the guys to become stronger and faster overnight. So I mm-hmm. think South Africa and England both have problems, but I think South Africans' pro- South Africa's problems will be um, will be easier to solve. I don't think it'll be as free flowing as the previous game, but uh, let's say box by eleven. Yeah. All right, uh, Alex. Um, so I know, I know Ben, he has a point, but I don't think that they're going to like make their forwards stronger and faster in the space of a week, but I think they're going to change their selection policy because they came at us with two open sides in, in Curry and, and Robshaw. God, sorry, sorry. Can can we, can we mock Robshaw for a while? Yeah, Robshaw was, oh God. So, so whose chirp was that on the group? Um, it wasn't, it was, it was so good. (laughs) What did you say? He looks like a lost senior c- citizen at the racks. <laughs> God, he was so confused about what was happening. He was like showing at the racks and being like, I I know your father. And everyone was like, God, Christ's sake, Rob Shaw, go for a ball once in a while. Um, he was just, he was a complete non-factor. And yeah, he was terrible. So, But the thing is, he's captain, so they can't drop him, right? So it's Curry, yeah. he's going to have to get dropped. And I thought he actually was fine. Farrell captain though? Yeah, Farrell's captain. Oh yeah, shit. Oh, so Robshaw yeah. is dispensable. Okay, so they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna cut Robshaw. Then. Boom. All so then it's other. gonna be yeah. Is does anyone know how serious is Launchbury's injury? Yeah, well, the, I think they said they're talking about getting Launchbury back. I think that'll help. That'll so, yeah. that'll tighten him up a bit. So I wonder if they won't be tempted to go. No, they'll play a Toji at lock. Okay, I was gonna suggest maybe a Toji at seven. Um, uh, sorry, six rather. Okay, so there's gonna be a Toji and Launchbury at the lock. And then they're going to drop Rob Shaw and they're going to bring in, uh, fuck, what's his name? I'm sorry, I've gone blank. I've gone blank now. But there was um, a Lucy that Matt from UK said was probably going to start as as a blind starter. Uh, Underhill. 
No, oh, uh, was it under, no, I don't think so. Anyway, so they'll have a proper blindside, whoever it is, and I think <laughs> that's that's gonna that's gonna help them run a lot. I guess potentially Brad Shields could replace Rob Shaw. Yeah, maybe that would help them a lot, but I don't know. I don't think that's gonna be enough to take on like Dwayne and John Dupree. What the fuck? I was, oh, was that my mother's balls club? When Brad Shields came on, she said that. So the old men were like, "Oh, look, cake, that's Ucker." But I think that their problem is more than the the lack of forward go for um you know carrying ability. I think the problem is in their backline as well because as good as they were on attack in the first twenty minutes, they were shocking on defence for the rest of the game, and that's why our two bright spark wingers were able to kind of rip them apart a little bit. So I think that's actually going to be more of a problem for them, and I think we're going to win the second tests also, um, but by less than ten. Uh, Matt? Uh, I reckon, yeah, I've sort of... Bloemfontein is the one where we were sort of supposed to beat them because the field's shit and the environment's hostile and all that. So mm. I'm hoping we can build on that base and carry on with our momentum that we've got. So, but yeah, I don't, I'm not as confident as uh, uh, Ben, so I'm sort of siding with Alex Lesbenten 9. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I just think um, they're not going to make the same sort of mistakes that they made in Joburg. And it's still at altitude, at Bloom, four hours down, four hours down the N1. So, yeah, I, I'm also a believer in Rassi, I believe. So I think the box are going to take it by 12. And, uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up, gentlemen. Do you have any one final one line to say before before we go off air? Go Booker. Go Booker. Uh, ben, uh, anything Joe wants to add into the conversation? <laughs> No, she's she's painting her nails now, so she's very focused. Okay, she's keeping keeping a chilled. My wife is in the lounge. She might be working. I don't know. Shame. So, yeah. And uh, Matt, anything else you want to add? No. CM Punk got his face turned into hamburger meat last night oh. at UFC 20 whatever. Oh, good good to know. And uh, it's yeah. also good to know that you could listen to us on iTunes, Acast, and SoundCloud. That's going to wrap it up for this this uh, longer edition of Elite Rugby Band, so we're going to keep just keeping it one a week until the return of Super Rugby, and then we'll be back for the fantasy and pick episodes. It's not that longer to go, and I look forward to when, when it's just straight Super Rugby all the time in internationals. If you're happy listening, thanks very much. We will be back next Sunday, hopefully talking about Rassi and the Tunnel Triumph over England. Thanks for listening. <laughs>